Attention, please. Places for top of show. Places for top of show. Hello, and welcome to Twins Talk Theater. We are Cindy and Stacy, and we're talking about theater, backstage life, and all the excitement that the audience doesn't get to see. Enjoy the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this week's podcast. This week, we have a friend of mine, Stacy's. Her name is Jessica Westerfield Rivera. Uh, I know some of us know her as Westerfield and others know her as Rivera, so we decided to go with the full name. Uh, she is a teacher at the uh, Renaissance High School in Long Beach. I uh, posted a couple of pictures. I know I stopped by and talked to her class once, so we're excited to have another teacher on to hear about how she got into theater and what she teaches the students tech-wise and everything at Renaissance High School. Very I was ready to think I love you. That was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the podcast, Jessica. Uh so how did you get into theater and did you know you wanted to go into teaching or just kind of happened into teaching? Uh, yes. Uh, thank you so much again for having me on the podcast. Uh, how I got into theater was uh, my freshman year of high school, just as you both have said, you got didn't get into theater until <laughs> high school. Yep. Uh, that was that was me as well. Uh, so I started my freshman year of high school and just kind of stumbled into the class, not knowing uh, what it was, not knowing what technical theater was really. And also just not growing up, have, um, seeing a lot of theater. I had, my family didn't really go out or take me to theater. Uh, besides maybe in middle school, I saw guys and dolls junior that the school might've put on, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but I stumbled in the class my freshman year and I actually am an alumni at the high school I teach at Renaissance high school for the arts. And I graduated in 2009, so stumbled into the class, and I w originally went there for creative writing. Um, I didn't actually get into creative writing there. I was enrolled in an AVID class my freshman year, um, and then I heard from all my friends that I was meeting at the school that, hey, we're in this really fun class. Uh, we're in stage crew, it's called. You should join us we're having a great time in here. So I go to my counselor and I tell him, and that's actually the still the counselor I work with today, uh, Mr. <laughs> Jeffrey Omai. And I tell him, Hey, um, I want to switch my class. I want to join stage crew. I heard that was a fun class. You know, I appreciate you having me an avid, but I, I feel like I know uh, enough study skills right now and I'd like to try something new. <laughs> so they let me join. He let me join the class. He changed my schedule around and um, was able to meet up with my friends in there and learn uh, learn a lot and learn just kind of fell in love with it from there. And I worked on um, freshman year, I worked on sound mixing for Cinderella, Rogers and Hammerstein Cinderella. So that was the first show I ever mixed the sound for. That's a big and then, one. yeah, definitely. It was a big challenge The the teacher yeah, I was surprised they would want me to do it my freshman year, just stumbling into the class. But the, my tech teacher said, "Hey, you, you're you're smart. You're attentive to detail. <laughs> We're gonna put you. You play uh, music. You play violin. We're putting you as the sound mixer. You're gonna. We know you're gonna read the script. I'm like, all right, I'll try it out. It's because so, everyone else got scared away, and they're like, "Ooh, she's new. She's not scared yet. Give her sounds. Yeah. She can read music." <laughs> yeah. So I tried that out and we actually would do our 
uh, it was really fun because our high school got to rent out the Long Beach Performing Arts Center, the uh, Center Theater, known at, now known as the Beverly O'Neill Theater, and we got to do our musicals there. So I got to mix the sound um, using their soundboard and meet their uh, professional stagehands, who I, I was really inspired by, and just had a great time and wanted to keep keep doing shows from there. And after that, I started uh, stage managing more, and I staged managed all the musicals. Uh, they did two musicals a year at the time, so each year of high school, I would stage manage uh, two musicals a year. And just, yeah, that's, so that's how I got my foot in the door and really started to love the art. And um, then it was time to uh, go to college uh, my senior year. Um, I'm a first-generation college student, so my Congratulations. Family, thank you. So, yeah, my my family didn't go to college, and luckily the, the high school was really great because it was a small art high school, and every um, – the, the, and that's still the day the faculty and staff could really connect with you, being that it's a small school and focus on you as a student. So I was able to go, uh, go to their college and career center, and they helped me get to college uh, at to Cal State Long Beach and um, study technical theater and design there. So I studied there for uh, about four and a half years. So I studied technical theater and design and I did a uh, music minor over at Cal State Long Beach. And I met a lot of uh, really great mentors there that inspired and, and encouraged me to keep going in this field as well. What was your focus um, in music? You said you played violin earlier. Did you continue that? Um, my, at Cal State Long Beach, my focus was um, more, I more got into the music minor for sound design. Because oh, okay. um, in our theater department, they mainly had classes for costume, scenery, and um, lighting. So not, not really that many audio classes. So I wanted to join the music department because I found out they had a great professor there, Richard Cooper, who taught classes on sound design and audio editing on, with hmm. Logic Pro X, different programs like that. But I did uh, do some ensembles playing violin with, with them, and uh, that was pretty fun. Yeah, that's awesome. That's pretty cool that this, the music department had that, but it's a little weird that the theater department didn't have it. Like, did many people cross over, or you just were one of the few that went back and forth? Uh, well, they, um, they did have, you know, opportunities for me, and they did have one audio class that um, our tech director... Jeff Hickman, uh, he's retired now. He taught uh, the class, and it was a really good class from a uh, tech tech director standpoint, but not as much of a um, uh, sound sound design course. More about his course was more about how to set up all the uh, you know amplifiers, different different equipment, which was great. But I just wanted I was really into sound design in college and wanted more more uh, even more information that. So I sought that out at in the uh, music department, um, and they gave me some a lot of great opportunities. They had a, a student showcase; it was called. So once once, and that's where I felt I learned the most in college was once a, a week we put put on student produced shows. And once a uh, week, yeah, that's once a week. That's a lot. Wow. 
And when, I mean, there's different directors and production teams, of course, and it was all student run. And that's where I got into sound design and started sound designing a lot of those student showcases. And uh, the faculty uh, saw, saw, would see my sound design, heard my sound design, sorry, there. And so, yeah, see, heard my sound, <laughs> heard my sound. And um, luckily I was, became, you know, really close with the uh, master electrician, Stephanie Losleben. She's now the TD for the dance department at Cal State Long Beach. And she was able to get me on some of their main stage shows, uh, sound designing and mixing as, as well. So there, there was a lot of opportunities. There just wasn't, um, as there wasn't a lot of, uh, people in the tech program in general. And then there wasn't a lot of people in that program interested in sound design. They were more interested in the costume lighting, scenery, prop making, Mm -hmm. um, all that, all that stuff. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Everything not sound because sound is scary. And they had a good, yeah, right? I... <laughs> yeah. They also had a good stage management program, so that I was able to get some opportunities for that as well. So, so you like stage management, but your focus is more on sound. Or are you just trying to get at that point, especially like a, an overall experience of theater? Um, I liked. I've always liked stage management since high school. And I, I, when I went to college originally, that's what I thought I would want to do professionally was uh, stage manage. But then I started um, started getting more and more into sound design because through those showcases, other students, would they didn't have any sound designers really. And mm. they uh, kind of got me into it. They're like, well, you want to try that out? I'm like, sure. So I tried it out for a show with the, uh, a student director and I just really loved uh, started really enjoying sound design uh, more so than stage managing but still appreciate stage managing and I'm so grateful for all the skills I, I have uh, learned and that's made me a better sound designer and a better uh, theater artist as a, knowing stage management. Right that was going to be my next question how do you use the two together like training as a stage manager, how do you use that as a sound designer to either communicate or to like know what kind of questions to ask for? Um, it, training as a, as a stage manager and then sound designing has been everything for me because I've been able to create um, cue, cue sheets and communicate, mm -hmm. communicate with my stage manager and the rest of my production team and it even as a uh, learning stage management even taught me how to communicate um, professionally and how to write emails professionally to other other colleagues, even how to word things in a certain way so um, so that I could get my uh, design across. Mm -hmm. So that's yeah, it's helped me immense. It's helped me as a teacher, and it's helped me as. Um, now the tech director for the high school as well. So just learning how to communicate has been, as a stage manager, has transferred over to, into all those, and it's been pretty much everything for me. <laughs> I have to say that's one of my favorite things that I've ever heard was about stage management is 
Oh my God, sentences, Cindy. Uh, this is what happens when we do podcasts at night. My brain is like dead. <laughs> but I always say stage management is about communication. And so I love that you just said like that's taught you how to communicate professionally and with other people. And, you know, it, it's not even just like, I know how to stage manage. So I do theater, but like, no, being a stage manager like has helped me in life because, because we're so awesome. Stage managers. Because you're awesome. so awesome. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> we're going to go with that. <laughs> stage managers are so awesome. Note taken. Okay. No, <laughs> no, you were supposed to quote what she said because I thought she worded it so well. Well, I put the time period in because I was listening and I wasn't typing every word she told, she said. So we can go back and get the quote. For being a stage manager, I don't know why Cindy doesn't take the notes, but she doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Good question. She needs a break. <laughs> I don't really know when that's No. I know. <laughs> it's so true. Especially Not with SMA true. stuff where I have to be the uh, re- recording secretary and take notes on all the minutes. And I'm like, I can't type anymore. <laughs> like, Ugh, oh, Jesus. you're you're off work. You 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 like this, right? You want to do more? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, she does. She does want to do all the work. Constantly. <laughs> and I get, I get told to write notes. I'm like, it's not my job to write notes. I just read notes. <laughs> well, that's true. You do read notes. I appreciate that. <laughs> Uh, so you graduated college. What did, did you know you wanted to go into teaching or did you think you'd go into the big scary world of sound design and stage management? Um, after graduating, I did think that I was going to uh, go into sound design and stage management professionally. And I freelanced at um, different cu- couple theaters like community theaters and 99 seat theaters uh, for a while and then I got the opportunity uh, opportunity to um, work at an elementary school while I was on the job search and freelancing as a Leo Elementary School in Cerritos. So I got the, that opportunity um, from a friend saying they were looking for um, a teacher to te- tech teacher to teach an after school program of fourth through sixth grade students. And it was uh, for their production of Willy Wonka Jr. So um, I wanted, I uh, seemed like a great opportunity after uh, for a few months after school. And I, I like working with, um, I've always liked uh, children and liked working with them. And so I was like, let me try this out. So I applied and I got the uh, position and we, it was really fun. We made all of the props together for the production and it was only about 10 students. So we made props, we painted and I taught them how to be a crew for the show. Um, it, yeah, so we, I had a, a ten, someone, a student that was only 10 and he was the sound mixer for the show. I taught him how to use the <laughs> soundboard and he did a real, he did an amazing job. He, I couldn't believe he, that, someone this young was able to to pick this up and pick up yeah. mixing mixing sound and he had a he had a blast and it was just so cool to see someone experience uh a sh- running a show again uh for the first time and it brought back so many memories for me uh as a art, theater artist and uh the the we all became really close the students and I and they had a great time so after that, I was like, hey, actually, I really uh, enjoy teaching. And that kind of um, 
brought that out that that opportunity and another another um thing i think i was just destined to be a teacher actually is because (laughs) (laughs) and um uh when i like i said i was a first generation college student so i had i applied for a lot of scholarships and financial aid in order to get to college and in one of the essays i i scholarship essays i wrote that if given the opportunity to study theater i'll make sure to bring this art to a new generation of artists without not even thinking what that meant that means i i would one day be a teacher um so that's kind of funny how it's just funny how life works out sometimes uh I, when i wrote that i didn't know that i would be a teacher one day that's an excellent um, quote too like what because, that would yeah, mean yeah that's cool so i based yeah so i made a promise in the scholarship essay and now i'm able to fulfill the promise so that feels <laughs> <laughs> i don't even remember what i wrote in my essays <laughs> So yeah, basic from that experience, and then I didn't realize uh, in college I was a kind of teaching as well because as a I was a student representative for those student showcases, and I was the tech rep technical theater student representative. So I would try to get uh, the depart students in the department involved in. Uh, the text theater side of the shows and get them as designers and teach them how to run the boards or light and sound board down in the basement in the showcase room as needed <laughs> too. <laughs> so, like that it's in the basement. Uh, that just reminded me for the kids show. Cause you said you got the 10 year old to be the, like mix the sound were the kids in microphones. Yes, they had uh, they had wireless mics on, and they had um, wireless mics on, and they ha- they didn't have a band, of course, but they had the tracks. So he had to play the music cues and turn on turn on in the microphones. And hey, that's I, I was awesome. yeah, he did it. I couldn't believe how well uh, he did and how fast he uh, was able to pick it up. So, and. Um, the, the the students that that were in the program, when they brought me on, they said, "Oh, they want to participate, but they're too shy to act, and mm. they're they're having some, you know, they they have difficulties at school being social, and maybe you could." Uh, so theater's them- the best place for them. <laughs> yeah, they, they're like maybe you could give them a place in this after school class backstage to, that where they feel connected and um, fit in. And I feel like that's how, that's what uh, we were able to accomplish. And they ended up really, I asked them if they wanted to do shows again and they said, they said yes. So that was I mean, nice. A, that's kind of how we all like, Cindy and I just kind of, you know, stumbled into it and then we fit in and we liked the people and we kept going back. So yeah, that was great that you could provide that for them and now they like theater. Definitely. So that, that felt amazing. And I'm, that's why I decided after that, I was like, I really liked, I really like teaching and I want to uh, continue. If I get more opportunities like this to teach, I will um, definitely want to do that. So. And it worked out because Maybe then. Maybe it's because like. Go ahead. Here you are. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> I didn't want to move on. I was still stuck on this kid thing. Uh, 
maybe it's because I didn't, we don't have kids and there was never really kids in our family. Our young, brother was the youngest now until we have like nieces and nephews. Um, but one of my first summers, my only summer, anyways, between my junior and senior year, I worked at a summer theater up in Michigan. And one of the things we had was like a children's show and it was a whole bunch of elementary school kids. And there was like 15 of them, I think. And we did a midsummer night stream. And so it was me. And then I think our lighting designer was like the actual lighting designer, but all of these kids were doing midsummer night stream. And I was like, Oh my God, I don't know how this is going to work. How are we going to get like seven-year-olds to memorize Shakespeare nonetheless? Like I can't get adults to memorize Shakespeare half the time. <laughs> and it was a struggle the first like two weeks. Cause I was like, Oh my gosh, we're not getting anywhere. And then all of a sudden that last week, like right before our performances, it just like clicked and all of a sudden these kids were like acting and saying Shakespeare like word for word and you know doing in costume and all these things on stage and I remember just staring at them being like how are you doing this you're like five years old I don't know how you're saying these lines and it's just so impressive to me like how fast they can pick it up so now I wish that we had had some of them you know as backstage because they probably would have been just as awesome at it but at the time you know they were all just on stage but I was like man I should have had someone upstairs like running the light board with me or something that would have been so cool yeah exactly that's what we would have yeah. been doing don't put me yeah, on stage that, exactly I'm memorizing like... this yeah yeah they're, I, I wish... just remember so cute super cute it's... yeah I wish I had that uh, I wish I had a, that opportunity at 10 to get behind a soundboard or <laughs> that would have been yeah. great <laughs> yeah You're so like, true where would I be now okay sorry now we could go back to so how did you get the job or were there more things before you got the job at Renaissance High School or did you pretty much fall into that one? Uh, for that, that's, that's another thing that I pretty much um, fell into by knowing uh, people in the industry and then also because it was my high school that I went to school at. So the, um, the uh, theater teacher and the costume teacher, they have a costume, a really great costume teacher and program there, um, messaged me on Facebook saying, hey, the uh, stage tech position is open at our high school. You should apply. So that uh, I applied and um, interviewed and went through the whole process. And I was able to uh, get hired as their full-time stage technician. And that was in, uh, that was six years ago now. I can't believe that was already six really? years ago. Really? Six years ago? Yeah. I, didn't I, I knew you for that long. Wow. So I had, uh, well, I had a, uh, I had a, it was, so I got hired full time for a year, um, in 2014 to 15 has their full-time stage tech and us, you know, but then, um, because they were renovating all the high schools in Long Beach, all the, all the high school theaters, I unfortunately, uh, after that year got laid off because, um, they, they only have one stage tech or tech director per high school here in Long Beach. And while the theaters were under renovation, they, the school district decided they didn't need as many um, theater technicians. So I, I was the last, they have a union or, and um, I was the last on the list. So unfortunately I had to get bumped out, but it, that was okay because the, Theater teacher hired me as her part-time coach to assist her as a in her drama classes, and then from there I was able to, for three years, um, 
work more in the industry. So that's when I was able to work at the Long Beach Performing Arts Center on call while being a part-time coach there. And also uh, at the Norris, at the Palace Verdes Performing Arts Center with um, Stacy, and uh, at Torrance briefly at the Armstrong Theater. So a bunch of different theaters. And then I was able to get my uh, career technical education teaching credential while being a part-time coach at the school for uh, about three years. And then what after- What is that? Uh, my, the teaching credential? Yeah. That is a, so professionals in, uh, in, the, in certain industries now, if you have um, a certain amount of experience, so for three years you've been working in the industry, you can apply for a career technical education teaching credential. So if you, you too could uh, apply as well, if you want it, would want a teaching credential and you, that allows you to teach um, middle school, high school and community college and teach a certain um, industry or trade. So almost like uh, a voca- vo- it used to be called vocational education. Yeah. Um, so our, our mind's in arts, media, and entertainment, and they have different pathways, theater being one of them. And so it's a really, really great option for people working in the industry. Yeah. And it's That's a great- awesome. I didn't know that existed. Yeah, yeah. neither did I. Because I, I don't want to, not that I really want to teach right now, but I didn't want to go back to school to get my master's and all that like Cindy did to teach. Yeah. So this could be an option. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, definitely. I could, and I could send you the information later if you if you want, Stacy. If you want to look into it, yeah, because it, it'd be interesting it to post about. Is it just a California thing, or is it a countrywide thing, or county? Um, I I believe it's a, con- a countrywide thing, but they have different programs through um, different states and counties. Nice, but mm-hmm. So yeah, it's a way to for professionals to teach in that are working in the industry to teach and um, not, yeah, not have to go back to get their master's degree or a um, different type of teaching credential, like for English or something like that. They could, and it's, uh, it was all online except, yeah, it was all online classes except one in-person one. That's even better. They don't have to worry about when I travel. Yeah, because <laughs> you have so Definitely. much free time when you travel. <laughs> so well, yeah, true. that that's I was able to do all all of that stuff. Um, it was unfortunate to to get laid laid off, but then I was able to have all those opportunities and learn more learn more professionally um, at the uh, being on as an on call stagehand at different uh, performing arts venues and get the teaching mm-hmm. credential. And then eventually, I uh, in 2018, I th- think I was working with you then, Stacy, at the Palos Verdes Performing Arts Center. They uh, the school offered me my full time mm-hmm. position back because I was on the been, had been on the waiting list. So then I was able to come back to my full time teaching position, uh, tech tech director position there at the. And you guys. You guys didn't have a theater there, right? Now you guys have like a black box, but it's all brand new. Yes, um, that's we we actually we had a theater at the high school, it, but it was a really before 
but it was a really small auditorium, almost like an elementary school auditorium that we just turned into a theater and they had like tile floor that we just painted black. <laughs> and <laughs> Great for sound. Up, we, students and students and the tech, past tech director made their own like AP bar that they hung for the light. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why um, our school would, for their big musicals in the past, they would rent out the school district would uh, rent the Beverly O'Neill theater for us to do one, at least one musical a year there. Um, but now the theater has been renovated. So and we have a brand new um, custom, a, a unique black box theater um, to do our performances in, in now. And it's a brand new building. It used to be our parking lot actually. <laughs> so that's all that's, really nice to have have finally a venue um we could do all our performances in on campus and what is it like walking in okay you could go first this time and when they built the theater they have other classrooms and stuff right you actually have a classroom in that building that has like a table saw and stuff in it to to teach the kids did they have something like that before um they they did uh they, we had a small class uh, at each of the school sites, the old school sites, we had a bungalow, like a temporary bungalow classroom where I would have our basically made that into our scene shop and had to set the table saws, table saw and the chop saw up in there. And it was a it was a struggle. Let me tell you, especially when you build your props and set pieces too big to fit out the door. <laughs> 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 Good lesson to learn. <laughs> <laughs> At least uh, now there's uh, doors big enough, double doors big enough that you can roll your set pieces you build in the little shop in spread directly into the theater. <laughs> so much nicer. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty sure I uh, stuff like that. <laughs> That is awesome. I was just thinking about, because we, our shop at our high school literally like had a rolling door that just opened right onto the stage, which was so cool. But in college, it was a building over. So we would have to like, we had a golf cart that sometimes we would put things on, but mostly we would just like carry them. So build them in one building and then like carry them across the parking lot to the other building in order to, sometimes we would do it like in pieces and, you know, then build the bigger structure over there. But yeah. I was spoiled in high school. How was it working? Cause you were the first, one of the first people to work in this brand new theater, right? How was it to like get to know a new theater? Or well, like, she also, she also got to help design it and come up with the things that they should have there, which I think is amazing. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I had some, I had awesome. some, some input, um, not really a lot of input in the theater, unfortunately, but I had some input into the uh, scene shop classroom, such as needing, uh, such as how the table was designed for our chop saw. So that way, the chop saw has a sp indented space. So that way, you're that way when you put your piece of wood, it's level mm -hmm. um, onto the Very rest of the tables, and you can make your cut. So I had some input into the scene shop class but not a lot of input into the theater unfortunately um they and then um it was it was a bit it was it was uh, a little bit challenging to be the first person to work in the newly 
renovated theater. The pro- the project was a little bit behind when we moved back onto campus because we were at a temporary campus, and so the construction team was actually uh, still on site and <laughs> still uh, do working in the theater, building the theater, and we had we had already had to move into our classroom and our theater um, while they these the construction team was going in and out of our classrooms and the theater, <laughs> asking questions, you know, while you're trying to teach with uh, a class of like 20 students, <laughs> but I guess you can make it, you can make it interesting. Hey, I don't know. What do you guys think? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Bring the students in. <laughs> um, and then our first show was slotted to be in November and they, the theater was wasn't exactly ready when we moved in in September of uh, 2018. It was, and um, the, the you know the lighting and everything wasn't set up. And I'm like, I had to you know really stay on top of the the team, the construction team, the school district, and everyone um, involved in the projects. Uh, like, hey, we just reminder we have a show in November. We're gonna need the lights ready. <laughs> did it work was everything ready for you to do a show um luckily we did our town so I didn't have to focus too much on any um building any scenery with the students uh since it's a minimal set and could I mainly was focusing on the lighting for that um and uh, the lighting was interesting because um, the, the electricians, uh, bless their hearts that hung the lights were not theatrical electricians. So all of the, I had to rehang all the instruments because, you know, like the C clamps were all wrong, the wrong ways. And- <laughs> <laughs> that was going to be my next question. Like, did you have to do it from scratch or so they had people like put up the equipment but they didn't know what they were doing with it yeah I just I almost wish, wish they just had left it in the the box for me because we had to it would have been the, faster yeah but yeah so yeah definitely was a crunch time but we did get the show, uh, lights prepared and the and uh, luckily a friend helped me out uh that I met from in Cal at Cal State Long Beach that was my focus in lights uh they came uh, and helped me out for a few days, giving me tips on how to f- focus, especially in the a different style theater because it's a black box theater. So there's multiple angles of lighting that you have to mm-hmm. uh, focus just right. Whereas a, a so lot, a lot different than a basic proscenium lights for mm-hmm. a basic proscenium. So they helped me out. Uh, a friend helped me out, luckily, and we were able to get the lights uh, set up and ready in time for the the show in November (laughs) but it 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 felt like an honor to be the first person um in in charge of the new theater especially as an alumni um I we never you know we it was just a dream dream come true to have such a such a nice theater with uh such new equipment um yeah based on what we had before so (laughs) <laughs> it it, def- it was it was challenging, but uh, it's a it's a real honor to be the first person to to uh, be in the theater after it being renovated. So cool! Like our theater was brand new, but I think we were the second year to start in high school. 
so they'd already worked out some of the bugs. But yeah, that's super cool. Okay, so now you teach classes and you work on the shows. What do you teach in the classes? Like, do you break it up on lighting and sound or is it just all tech is one class or how most schools don't even teach technical classes. We only had an acting class in high school. Yeah. Um, so we, I teach, uh, four classes and I have two introductory, uh, introduction to stage technology classes and two advanced classes right now. And, in the intro introductory classes, uh, I try to give them a general overview of technical theater. So we talk about, you know, what what is technical theater? We talk about vocabulary, stage directions, types of stages. Um, and then we, yes, we have a section on safety, of course, carpentry. We focus a lot on carpentry in the intro, intro class and learn how to use the uh, table saw, chop saw, all of jigsaw, drills, all of the uh, tools involved. And they have to pass a safety test, of course. And then I have a unit on uh, lighting, sound, and stage management. And they put together a year-long portfolio. And it's usually just on Google Slides, like a Google Slideshow of their work in the class. And so intro is just a general overview uh, of all, all the parts of technical theater except costumes, because we have a, a actual class at the school for just costumes and costume design. So I let that teacher focus on focus on that part. And then um, in the advanced class, we uh, uh, we're going to learn all those things again, carpentry, stage management, lighting and sound. But I try to get uh, the students a little more overview on sound and lighting because we don't go over that as in depth in the intro class and get them get the advanced students more into design as well, designing for theater, designing. Um, we do like a set design project where they create uh, some models and design a children's story and things like that. That would have been so fun. Right? I mean, That's I did I it in college, about. but not in high school. That would have been way exciting. There's so many people I know that would have uh, benefited from learning how to use a screw gun and <laughs> tables off yeah. in high school. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And, and learning how to use the drill is always challenging. It's, you know, not, not strip the screw and everything. It's always, it's, it looks easier than it is. <laughs> yeah, and you can't what? really explain it to someone, like, the weight of it and, like, if it catches and it can, like, twist your arm and things like that. Like, you you just have to do it. Yes, definitely. So it's take, it takes – I try to tell the students, it, it just like all the other art forms, this is going to take practice. You're not going to know this right away. You might not know how to use the drill, but I guarantee you by the end of the class you're going to know how to use the drill at the end of the year. And uh, so don't, I try to tell them not to get discouraged. They don't, they don't realize you need to, like, just like all the other art forms, like music, you have to practice your instrument. So here we got to practice how to use our tools. So what's the tool that seems to be the most difficult for, for people to catch up or to, to learn about? Um, you, usually uh, the drill to screw in the screws without stripping them is always a challenge to get that down um and uh 
probably the well i don't normally let students use it too much is the uh circular saw because it's so so dangerous mm. the sawzall oh yeah uh, so i don't normally teach that one uh to to most students unless they're really advanced uh actually the router i'm gonna say the router is really hard. pretty the huh. drill the router Sometimes the table saw to get the uh, measurements correctly. They they're usually quick with the chop saw. It's just the measure getting the measurements are, are always the hard part. That well, plus that's hard because like you draw a line and are you cutting on one side of the line or the other side of the line or the middle of the line? How do you exactly. hold it? Like hold it against so that it's like a straight cut. You have to hold it against the fencing. And the table saw can be tricky when you try to like push it in. If you get it crooked and it wedges in there, it can really kick back at you. Yeah, yeah that's the part I was thinking. If you're not holding it uh, against the fence just right, your all your whole cut could be just crooked. Mm -hmm. so, or if, if they don't start out with a straight piece. Oh yeah, that always. But uh, probably the number one thing is measuring, getting the measurements, uh, reading the drawing and getting the measurement just right. Because like you, Stacey said, you have to figure out where to place the saw blade. You have to account for the width of the saw blade and all that. So it's not just drawing the line and cutting it there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, that's cool. I didn't even think about that aspect of it. You know, I was thinking about like the tools and how difficult that is, but taking all the rest of it into consideration. Do most of these kids not have that kind of background? Like Stacey and I were lucky that our dad kind of taught us some of these basics beforehand, but are you dealing with kids that come in pretty green? Yes. A lot of, most students have never used uh, tools, be, tools before. I do have some students though that have experience with working with their parents or guardians though, like you did say. Uh, but mo for the most part, no, they've never really... Most students haven't used a measuring tape or any drills or any of the tools before. Mm -hmm. So many opportunities for Christmas presents right there. Well, remember <laughs> right? when Jesse when Jessie Marizan like learned to use a screw gun for the first time? Didn't like her mom give her a screw gun or she got one on graduation or something? I, like it was I the think first so. time. Yeah. Because she, she was, yeah, she had a sister and a mom. There was no real males around and they didn't do like the housework fixing things. So it was a big deal. And now yeah, she's she was, big and I mean she did cosplay and everything for years she's really useful <laughs> and handy but yeah so cool do do the students so renaissance high school is an arts focused high school do you get a lot of students coming in who know they want to do theater or do you get a, a mix of I'm in this arts high school and I have to do something besides what I want to be here for uh, I think we just get, we definitely get a mix of uh, students because it is a public it's a public high school and in Long Beach students but students have their school of choice here in Long Beach so they could choose uh, our school as their number one choice even if they're not living in the the, the neighborhood um, so we do have students that come to the school and they're diehard um, theater theater artists, they want to be a theater artist, or we have students that come to the school that might have been interested, um, but they're not really sure what their art is or what they're exactly interested in. Um, and for the, a lot of times, for the, for the most part, they, a lot of students are not sure what technical theater is. 
Um, That's like a big me. thing. <laughs> yeah, we've talked to a lot of people about it because most people, uh, no matter what age they start theater, everyone knows about acting and most people know about directing. But most people don't figure out that backstage is a life that people can have, designing or tech or anything like that. So I think it's cool that you guys even offer that kind of stuff. You're not just teaching acting classes. Oh, yes, definitely. I'm so I'm just I love that we have are able to have a, a program where we could teach uh, technical theater and um, costume design as well. I feel like we're really lucky to have that at our at our high school. Um, and design, not just learning yeah, how to use the tools, but to actually work on design. Yes, I definitely try to get students interested in de in designing. And I actually had a student design our set for the Wiz musical um, last spring. She designed the entire set. The I, I believe I sent you a picture. We were mm -hmm. the crew and I. It looked like a yellow brick road um, <laughs> that we were on. So a, a student did design that set. So that was really amazing. And then do you build it in your classes or do you guys have outside time to build and, and execute the designs? Uh, we build it during, in our classes. So um, I do have the units of study, but we, we will uh, in the class build for the show and set up the lights and sound for the show. And we also set up all of the events on campus. So all of the assemblies, all of the, uh, Stuff for the student council, if, if they need something outside at lunch, the students and I in my classes will set that up uh, as well. And we set up, we'll, if they have music concerts in the theater or um, dance concerts, we will set that up in class as well. We'll make sure, we'll take time to set up those events together and work hands-on. How do you have time for all that? Exactly. <laughs> it's a... Uh, yeah, it's usually an extremely, it's usually an extremely um, busy year when yeah uh, we have all of our shows and productions because we normally have sixty or more shows and productions a year. So <laughs> um, I always I mean I guess that's great hands-on experience because that's how it is in the real world. You're like juggling, you know, multiple jobs and multiple locations and yeah. Wow. I always tell the students how uh, you know you how appreciated. Um, they are because I definitely couldn't do all of that without their help. Um, we wouldn't have all, we wouldn't be able to set up the events or assemblies without them. And I always remind them that in the class that they are, they might not always um, hear the words or uh, feel that way, but try to remind them how appreciated they are. Yeah. It's, even in the real world, it's like, yeah, you know, I just spent three hours setting this up <laughs> for you to stand yeah. on for five minutes. And now I'm going to spend another couple hours taking it all down. Yeah, it's good practice. Yep. And they, they, yeah, they sometimes have a, sometimes they, uh, the, they have a hard time uh, being in high school, you know, oh, they, you know, they're, they're not appreciating um, me or acknowledging me as the stage hand and then I have to tell them like well no, you know we do all appreciate you it's just normally 
they're not really going to comment on your work unless, unfortunately, unless you make a mistake. If, you, if otherwise, so they, you're doing a great job. You're if they don't say anything, sometimes that means you're doing an excellent job. Exactly. <laughs> that, that's usually how I explain when people are like, "What do you do?" And I'm like, "I do everything that you're not paying attention to. Everything that does not involve actors, I oversee that." <laughs> it's like, oh yeah. But you do you do run into uh, amazing people in the world, performers and everybody, you know, who do appreciate it and that who do say thank you. I always love it. And I guess this happens quite often is um, at least once a show, you know, where there is a performer that will come up and thank people. And I've had multiple performers, you know, who bring presents for the crew and bring candy for the crew and like learn their names and and thank them, you know. And so it's always awesome when you get those people uh and there's ones that always like really want to know what you do too. I had this one tenor who's been singing for 30 years probably. And he stood behind me calling the show once during a scene. And afterwards he was like, that's amazing. I didn't know stage managers did all that stuff. And I was like, you've been singing for years. He was like, yeah, but I'm usually on stage or in my dressing room. And I've never actually watched what a stage manager does. <laughs> and so, it was, you know, it's cool to like have them learn as well. But there are a lot of people that are appreciative. They just have to to learn to say thank you, which oh yeah, is getting there. Yeah, just, just remember remembering those people. I try to tell them remember remembering those people and just focusing on focusing on that. Uh, yeah, because we did have uh, we did the mouse trap and the the uh, cast was kind of small in the crew, so they got really really close. And mm-hmm. like you said, one of the cast members brought the stage manager the student stage manager and the crew uh presence and totally included them and everything it was it was a great community they built yeah well that's what I love about it is when you can do shows like that that's how I that's why I love my summer program is because it doesn't matter if you're an instructor or a singer or in the orchestra or crew like everybody just is like one group you know and it just makes it so much more exciting and more fun because there's not a division in it so it's so cool I feel like the playhouse is kind of like that too right Stace Oh, yeah, everybody's the kind of like playhouse is all connected yeah because so many people jump back and forth and do different things and work on different shows and you know it's not a huge crew <laughs> it's a stage manager and maybe a board op so they're all kind of forced to be friends with each other <laughs> but no they almost always get along it's it's a very nice place Oh, yes. I love I can't wait to be able to work at the Playhouse again. I miss the Playhouse. (laughs) I know we all do. Yeah, well, I mean, I talk to all of them on a regular basis because we play D&D and they're bored, too. So (laughs) there you go. Now Stacey puts D&D back into this podcast. I know. I know. It's it's I'm going to keep a tally of how many times I can pull D&D back in. But (laughs) I mean, I play D&D with like everybody who works at the Playhouse. And then the people I don't play with also play D&D with other D&D people at the Playhouse. It's a yeah. <laughs> it's a vicious cycle. <laughs> it's a very vicious cycle. It's a bunch of nerds everywhere. <laughs> How many people, or do you still keep in con- contact with people who've graduated that have gone on to do theater? I guess if it's really only been a few years, it's not like you know people, you know, who, who graduated 10 years ago. But are there people that you know of that have continued on or gone to college for, for technical theater? Uh, yes, I do have uh, a few students that I have contact with uh, or have kept in touch with. And one of them uh, was Jesus Rodriguez, and he, uh, I helped him get on call at the Long Beach Performing Arts Center as they uh, recommended him to be a stagehand there. So I know he's awesome. con- he's continuing. He started um, 
right after high school, he didn't, um, he just started working right away. He worked at, uh, PVPA it's called, it was, it's a project projection and video, um, company in Palos Verdes. So he's, he's worked for them and now the, uh, Long Beach Performing Arts Center. So he's out there, uh, working, freelancing. I hope that he could uh, get into LA stage call soon, hopefully as a, a stage hand as well. And then I have um, a student that graduated last year and she she's, her name's Maria Tejeda and she is studying um, uh, design and technical theater over at UCLA. So that's amazing. Nice. Yeah. Um, I haven't uh, really, contacted her since she's graduated so i hope she's doing well and um yeah i hope i hope she's doing well especially now do having to uh do the classes online from home and everything yeah so, it's gonna put a wrench in everybody's plans for a little bit yeah how do you how do you plan on doing that because again your job is all hands-on we've been talking about like measuring and cutting and screw guns and hanging lights so what is your plan to make that work via Canva, Canva, Canvas, Canvas. Yes. Canvas. Uh, I'm well, so plan right now I have some things in the works. I'm planning on doing demonstrations. So still, still doing mm. the class class units I talked about. Um, and then we, we will meet on zoom through zoom calls for our periods, our class periods still. So I plan on doing, um, demonstrations with the equipment like for the intro students we'll still go over our safety our 20 safety rules and i'm um normally we make a push stick and a box project and i'm gonna you know have different cameras and i will uh show them how to do those projects and, and use all the tools through uh online demonstrations and then i met uh sent them home some packets uh during registration week with some things they could work on at home um one of them being rope we we do learn how to tie knots so that um and then i'm hoping to send them home some more material soon too for hands-on projects that i'm thinking of such so, things like um making assembling like a picture frame and still doing measurements, but cutting it with uh, crafting straws. So mm, maybe mm -hmm. making uh, joints and picture frames like that. And so I'm trying to think of some fun um, at-home projects and still still uh, run the class like normal, but online. I don't know if that makes any sense. <laughs> <laughs> as normal but as do, you can. Um, Still do demonstrations with all the equipment and show them show them all the equipment on online. Do you um, have the equipment, or are you allowed to go into the school and use their equipment? I'm allowed. I, I'm I'm allowed to go to the school. I, I will be working from the school, uh, and in the theater and in the scene shop. So that way, That's when good. they join me online, I could show them all of the equipment, um, and go over how to use everything. And then uh, for the advanced class, I thought of a fun thing was for demonstrations once a week, of course, and then uh, having them as a 
as a theater company, almost like a production team, and where they create their own um, puppet theater show. And they create the puppets mm -hmm. and the theater. And we record the uh, lines to uh, a play. And, you know, do, and then they we designed the lights and sound and I put it on stage and make, they could see their sound and light design and the puppets and almost like doing a show, like a puppet theater show. That was my idea for the semester that oh, we would have. Yeah, that we would have the this so the whole semester to work as a production team to put that show up. And that would be their their uh, midterm is the show through either either um, through Zoom or hopefully if um, depending on, you know, the the CDC guidelines and everything, maybe having it's a small class, maybe having them come into the theater to record it at least because it'd be 10 students or less. Um, so we'll see what, see what we could uh, do. Hopefully by the end of the year, <laughs> that'd be nice. So yeah, just trying to focus. I want to um, do dem equipment demonstration and still do the units I talked about and then trying to figure out some fun um still hands-on projects that they could do from home. That's what I'm still thinking on that and in the works on, on uh, thinking of that. Yeah. Cause it's not like everyone has, you know, a source for at home. They can learn to focus. <laughs> yeah, definitely not. <laughs> that would be so cool though. That would be <laughs> even, cool. even like a, a screw gun. Like I was just thinking how many people don't even have screw guns at home, you know, like forget a light or a table saw. I know. Definitely. I, know I wish you could send them all screw guns. That'd be awesome. I really, I really <laughs> wish I could. Here's your screw gun and table saw. <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing if I Everyone could. packs their table saw with them to college. Just what happens. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, first two weeks, just really focusing on building um, a community online and building a team and connecting them. Um, mm -hmm. I know we, we've all been through a lot and I know the students have been through a lot. So making the class um, something fun for them that, uh, you know, something fun for them to participate in. Cause I've been on these, the teacher trainings last week and I was on the zoom calls for, it put me back in the student's shoes. Um, seeing how it would be like to be on these zoom calls all day for six hours a day. And that, uh, that was really really tiring and um, challenging. So I just really hope to make my class still hands-on and um, a way for them to still connect and still fun. Yeah, it's amazing how tiring staring at a screen all day is. Because in the beginning, I was like, oh, I'm used to working 12 hours days, not a big deal. And I'd be on the computer for like five or six hours and be like, okay, I have to go to bed now. Like my head hurts, I can't think anymore. You know, it's just exhausting. It's Plus so they're weird. not they're not like getting up and walking to the next class or walking to the I mean the bathroom, but it's probably much closer than in school or having lunch with friends like you're sitting at home. Yeah, probably pretty so, boring. I was have I was definitely um, struggling last week uh, with the training for that many hours a day, so it definitely put saw things from a student's perspective. So I just want to make the class fun and not uh, too stressful at this time for them, but still 
get them excited about learning about our art, about technical theater. So yeah, right. young, young people are interested in, in uh, what we do. I've got to keep it going. <laughs> got to keep it going. <laughs> yep. So if anyone has uh, suggestions on hands-on projects from home, just let me know. <laughs> I know. I've been thinking of some good ideas that don't require a lot of people having the same thing. Okay. I saw some fun stuff about like how you could make prop food. So I was thinking of yes. incorporating, <laughs> incorporating that maybe like with basic stuff like sponges and things. So uh -huh. I might be able to, might be able to g gather up some materials for things like that for them to send it home with them. Even food coloring. That's a good idea. Clay or Play-Doh's cheap, like just practicing forming. Like I made a fake apple once, like slices of apples. And it was really difficult to get clay to look like an apple and be like smooth, like you just cut it. So yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, that is or the um the um pies that you made for Sweeney Todd. Oh yeah, because uh the fake they were all fake, so it's just flour, salt, and water. They're the dense breads, but I made them actually like bread and then uh put egg and stuff on top of them when I cooked them to give them that nice brown look, but they never went bad. Oh wow, that, yeah, these are all those are all great ideas that they they would have those supplies at home. Most people would so that's mm -hmm. that's a great idea. Yeah, or it could be cheap, you know, Play-Doh. They can either make Play-Doh or it's fairly cheap to send them a thing of Play-Doh or whatever. Plus fun color apples if they're all bright green and orange. <laughs> yeah, that'd be, that'd be, I think they would have a great time doing that and get some working with their hands and off the screen for a bit. Yeah. 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 Great idea. Thank you. Yeah, we'll come up with some more. Twins are yeah. and I see it in her face. I am. <laughs> Let me know. I got a lot of students interested in make. They like to make props. They I have some students that are interested in stage management. They really they enjoy stage managing as well. So, whatever. I can definitely think of stage management stuff. Yeah, so I I have some ideas definitely for that. But yeah, some of the some of the other areas are a little. Yeah, I know. I was like, what can we do for sound? We're gonna have to think about sound some. Besides, like putting together. So we had to do this in college. It was our final project in a class. Oh, it was um, super cool. It was Sorry, really for, cool. Yeah. We had to create a, we had to pick a song and then we had to like create a piece that went around the song. So we were allowed to use the theater. We had to like design lights, design light cues, use sound effects and like props and stuff. And so me and my friend Caitlin did uh, Garth Brooks, The Thunder Rolls. And it was so much fun because we even had, um, so we had like red flashing lights at one point because she kills him and then um, she shoots him three times. So then we had like gunshots within the mix. And then when like the car pulls into the driveway, we had, you know, like lights on um, sticks and rollers so that it, it looked like, you know, like lights oh. coming down. But I was just thinking they could might be able to do something like that on the computer if you have them like choose a song and then put like sound effects with it or something, you know, like what would this sound like? because most musicals have sound effects included within it you know so like choose a song any song and then what sound effects do you think would go well with this and then have them splice sound effects together because i think there's a lot of free free sound effects online that you can find oh yeah definitely on uh that there's multiple websites one of them being a uh, free sound i think freesound.org or dot com or something like that where there's a bunch of sound effects on there uh yeah. for them 
that's a great idea. I really like that idea. I think I might. It was, it was such an that. awesome project. <laughs> yeah, it was so cool to like just be able to, you know, and we were able to like hang and focus and create all the light effects. And so even though there were no people on stage, you can kind of like create different scenes. It was it was so much fun. Well, they could do that in their house. Like have a desk lamp That's over here true. and you can turn the desk lamp on and off and build a little model piece and set it up. Oh man, yeah, I could come up with the whole thing. Your stage <laughs> is the desk and you can just, everything has to play on your desk and you set up your Zoom camera. Yes, I love that idea. That's really cool. Stacey's <laughs> like, so when can we go to the class? Yeah. <laughs> well, I did, Design, go, to, I did go to her class lighting. once. Yeah, oh yeah, exactly. she did. <laughs> I came to the class and talked to people and Jessica gave me a tour of the stage and I think part of your set for The Wiz was up already. Yeah, it was really cool. Yeah, it was fun. I was so happy you were able to come actually see the theater and be a guest speaker. Thanks again for doing that. Stacey. Yeah, it was cool because I don't usually talk to other like to students. I talk to oh, just that's... the people I work with. So it was a lot yeah. of fun. And the questions that's... they were asking, I was like, damn, they really like thought about this. Jessica apparently told them they all had to come up with three questions, but some of them like were really good questions. Oh yeah, they they're they're always. I usually have a really uh really good group that of students in there. They uh, they always come up with some great questions. Uh, they were they were excited too to have you and a couple other other of the guest uh, speakers. It really means a lot when we get uh, professionals that that work professionally in the industry to come and talk to the students and to hear from someone else besides besides me. It's it means a lot to the students. Yeah, that's, right. actu that's actually one of the things I forgot. I do teach a unit on uh, theater jobs and the chain of command. And we talk about all the theater jobs and a that's excellent. theater that's awesome. hierarchy and how the jobs, all the jobs work together and how we have to work together and communicate in a show. Like, and yeah, we talk about how the actors have to work with these people and all of that. And then I invite in the guest speakers like in, so they could actually hear from the the uh, people that working in the industry professionally. So that's always that's, that's actually awesome. my that's my favorite unit of uh, that I teach. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was never that's we one that I never taught I had. that. Yeah, we just figured it out because we just had to, but it was never really taught to us. Yeah, right, but unfortunately, it, then you like didn't. You know, you learn the hard way sometimes, like, you know, messing it up and being like, oh, that's how that's supposed to happen. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I thought it'd be um, a good idea to, to teach that. Like, this is this is a chain of command. This is, you know, who who you work with directly or who you work for, who you communicate with. And I try to connect mm -hmm. that. I try to connect it to any job. So I tell them um, wherever you start, even if it's not theater. Uh, you're going to mm -hmm. want to start by knowing what each job does and how they work together. And that's, what's really going to get you, get you ahead um, at yeah, any job. Absolutely. Cause even like Cindy and I have talked about before, like the theater world is still slightly different than the opera world in the hierarchy and who does what job, but you can kind of relate it back and forth. And where I'm at right now at 1540 doing red carpet stuff, everybody has different titles, but I was like, oh, you are basically the TD. You have a different title, but your position is this, and this is how you relate to other people. So yeah, it's, it's really important to figure out like where you stand and how it relates to everybody else. 
That's one good thing about uh, doing everything online right now is that number one, most people are available, but number two, you can have people come in and talk to your students from like anywhere, anywhere, you know, about anything, which is, which reminds me, Jackie wants me to talk to her class. I got to remember that and put it in my calendar. <laughs> yes. Actually. <laughs> It'll be like your fourth or fifth time talking to that class. So Twin can talk to your class about oh. stage management. Oh, that would be, that would be amazing. They would love to, they would love to, we would love to have you. I love talking about stage management. It's like my favorite thing to talk about. It's like we started a podcast and we do it half the time. Especially, (laughs) uh, they don't, don't, like, they don't know, they, especially that you stage manage opera because they don't, um, they mostly just know stage managing for musicals or dance. So they don't know anything about the, uh, unfortunately about the opera world Mm -hmm. right now. So that, well, be- that was one thing I was thinking for like you're saying, what can you do with the stage managers is um, have them learn to read music a little bit or have them, you know, like write cues in for music. Um, because it's definitely people say I can't read music, but I definitely think it's something that you can learn. You know, it's a. Uh, or at least I follow the easy, notes but- going up and down and know what the basic notes are, like eighth notes versus whole notes versus a rest. So you can basically follow it. Like I can't pick up music and tell you what the note letter is, but I can follow it roughly to see where we're at. Right. Which Always. is pretty much all you have to do to, to call a show. Yeah. So yeah. That's tell- a- an idea. What I tell people to do is again, like choose a song that, you know, or like, musicals are much are easy you know you get the musical score and then you choose a song you know so you already know it and then you just listen to the song and follow the score and then after a while you just kind of start seeing what the patterns are and then the more you practice it the easier it is so I tell people all the time that's I mean that's how we do it in opera anyways not all of us know all of those scores but by the time you've sat in rehearsal for two weeks listening to it and watching it over and over then you know the score really well and you pick up, you know, Italian. <laughs> Whatever yeah, other right. language Cindy's picked up. <laughs> you learn how to speak some Italian words. Exactly. Nice. Oh, that was so interesting on your, um, when you interviewed the stage manager from Italy, too, to hear from their side of things. Their perspective, so. right? It's so weird that it's so different. And we're like, oh, I just kind of assumed that, like, all opera was the same. I forget that it's not. Yeah. yeah. Especially the old operas. You think they'd be more set and instead they're more crazy over there. <laughs> they are more crazy over there. They do. I guess because they got bored of it, you know, like it's still kind of like new-ish to us. And they're like, oh my God, we've been doing Bohem too long. Let's do something crazy. Well, they just don't like, they're not taking notes or setting schedules or anything. Just seems very hectic well, that's to true. me. <laughs> that's also true. Seems very hectic <laughs> to me too. It works. I guess <laughs> they've been doing it that way for years. <laughs> Yeah, I guess uh, they. I guess they have so, sort of have a similar similar way on how they uh, build gondolas. Because this summer I worked um, on restoring two different gondolas with my husband's company, the gondola company in Newport, and they were. Uh, he was talking about how they make um, some of the Venetian gondolas and how there's a, there they just have their traditions and there's not. Huh really a written way on how to how to make the gondolas just how kind of similar to the to uh, stage managing I, I was thinking you just like apprenticed it and and learn how to do it so, yeah similar to that and um even the measuring like never, not not everything's precisely measured out they kind of have a their own system for I was talking to the company owner about how 
measuring even some of the. <laughs> it's like, where's your tape measure? How are you doing this? <laughs> huh. So that's that's really interesting. Now, now I want to go like look up gondolas and be like, how do you build these? <laughs> that's cool. Twin, when you and Matt are out, we can go on a, a gondola ride down in Newport. Yes. Yes. Oh, let me awesome. know. Her let husband, me know. Her husband even sings. He does. He does. If you ask him to sing, he will. <laughs> Upon that's, request. Upon request. <laughs> that's awesome. Okay. Totally, totally going to do that. Yep, That'd be cool. Yeah. We've never done October. that. Yeah. I know. Our schedule is really big. Matt's like, how long does it take to drive across the United States? I was like, I don't know. Drive faster. <laughs> <laughs> he's fine he's fine <laughs> yeah, okay well we've, we've hit our hour and we didn't even ask about if you had any twin stories because we always just keep talking <laughs> twin stories um i had i didn't have twins in high school but we had triplets and they were all Ooh. um identical pretty uh, to me at least <laughs> <laughs> Being a uh, singleton, as you guys say. Yep. Yes. Yes. Singleton. Um, and I was their stage manager, so writing, uh, writing the blocking down was always. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'd be screwed. They acted in the musicals and danced in them, so I was always. Uh, I had to figure out how certain things to look for. Um, try to, to try to set them apart. <laughs> And um, then, of course, another the, a twin story would be uh, meeting meeting both meeting um, Cindy, because um, I worked on the Music Man with Stacy, and it was opening night party, and Stacy was like, "Oh well, you know, twins gonna be here soon," um, <laughs> um, and she kept saying "twin" and "twin," and I'm like, "Oh, that's." I thinking I was thinking, oh, this is just like her girlfriend, her friend that's a girl, her best friend. <laughs> I, I don't know why I thought that. <laughs> and then I met then um she's like introduced me to Cindy and she's like, here's this is twin. And you guys look exactly alike. I'm like, oh <laughs> she was serious. This is twin. <laughs> uh-huh. It really is a twin. How weird. <laughs> so I don't know why I was thinking that. That isn't you. You weren't saying you're. You were. You know, not saying you're twin. I was thinking like your friend. That's your. <laughs> so I, I, yeah. So it was just an initial like, oh wow, that is your twin. <laughs> That's a, everybody at the Norris knows her as twin. Everyone at the Playhouse knows her as twin. Everyone at fifteen forty has learned her as twin. Yeah, that's that's her name. <laughs> yep, that's just what it is. <laughs> So that, those would be my uh, twin stories. <laughs> <laughs> those are good ones. I like them. I know. I don't think we've had any triplet stories. That's pretty good. Yeah. I trip, I triplets. I, I wonder if you would ever have any triplet stories. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to ask. Twin or multiples. They don't just have to be doubles. Okay. We're adding to our question. <laughs> <laughs> Anything uh, besides singleton? Yeah. No singletons. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I always wish I'd had a twin though. <laughs> it's very useful. Yeah. I wish I wasn't a singleton, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> we do feel bad for you, singletons. <sighs> I was about to quote something, but it's from the, the podcast that hasn't come out yet. And I was like, yeah, but oh yeah, you haven't heard that one yet. Okay. Well. <laughs> 
Oh, I'll we'll have to wait and one. see, huh? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, because uh, I think the one right before you, uh, we interview a set of twins. Oh, that's cool. So anybody cool. who listens in order just also listen to another set of twins. And we were just as entertained by them as people seem to be entertained by us. So that, you know, it's going to be fun. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, it's been really um, an honor that you had invited me on the, your podcast. And honestly, listening to the podcast has been really inspiring to me. And Aww. especially especially during this time, during the pandemic and all the theaters being closed, it's been Real, uh, just kept me really inspired and kind of helped me feel more connected still to the theater community. So excellent. That's, that's keep, awesome. doing, we keep doing what you're doing. Keep doing what you're doing. It brings a lot of hope and inspiration. <laughs> All of us are tired of not doing theater. We're like, can we please just talk about it? Just an hour a week at least. Yeah, it's and it's and it was nice to hear uh, from people that. Uh, recently uh be, with the theaters being shut down on uh, maybe new projects they're working on and just kind of re reinventing some things even about theater on how yeah. to still uh, do it online and everything like that right like we can keep doing this it's not going to be dead we're just taking like a a pause or re refocusing ourselves <laughs> yeah refocusing. definitely definitely so thank you it's been really cool cool talking to you both. Thank you so much. It was great to have you on. And let me know if you need anybody to talk about stage management. I will gladly do it. Twid knows all kinds of people. Okay, definitely. Definitely. I would I would <laughs> love that. I'll make sure to reach out when we uh do that part of the the class again, the theater jobs and chain of command. I'll I'll reach out to you both and see what see what you're up to if you're available. <laughs> if Excellent. you're up to be yeah, guest speaker. <laughs> Currently, our schedules are fairly open. <laughs> Sadly. Sadly, <It's> yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Okay. Thank you so much. It was great talking to you. Very nice to talk to you as well, Cindy, and nice to talk to you, Stacy. Bye. And nice nice to see you. Bye. <laughs> Good luck with school. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more, visit our website at twinstocktheater.podbean.com and subscribe on iTunes or Google Play Music. You can also interact with us on Facebook or Instagram at twinstocktheater. Title music, Dance Macabre, is provided by Kevin McLeod of incomtech.com under Creative Commons License 3.0.